service, just fantastic. Just a, a wonderful day in the house of God, being blessed by Pastor Ken Lee. Uh, hands up if you made it out to, to Sunday night as well. Saw a bunch of you out there, it was awesome. And uh, if you missed last Sunday morning or Sunday evening, uh, you can grab those uh, on our YouTube channel. Encourage you to get the podcast and uh, just watch it during this week. Throw it on. I can guarantee you it's 50,000 million trillion times better than anything else on the TV. And uh, I can guarantee that one. And uh, I promise you, you will be blessed. Uh, it will stir you and inspire you and excite you about the things of God and what God has for us, what He's doing in us, what He wants to do through us. It was, it was just an awesome, uh, it was an awesome service. You ready for more? Ready for more of God? I know I am. I am not satisfied with uh, the status quo. I want more of God, more of Him and less of me. It's a common prayer of mine. And so why don't we pray that this morning together? More of God and less of us. Amen? God, we pray right now, more of you and less of us. God, right now, as we open up your word, Lord, we ask that you would minister to us. Holy Spirit, teach us, correct us, encourage us, equip us. Lord, I pray that today we would walk out closer to you. God, more on fire for you. Lord, closer to you and Lord, help us to be set apart. God, we want more of you and less of us in this place. More of you and less of us in our lives, we pray. God, more of you and less of us in our family. Lord, in our workplace. Lord, in the spheres of influence that you have put us in. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I have a very clear word from God for this morning, and uh, I can't help it. It's a common thread in everything today for me, but the word for us, church today, was hunger. Hunger, to hunger after God, to hunger for the things of God, to be a people that are hungry, to be a people that are uh, hungering after what God has for us, what God can do in our lives, and not just in our lives, but through our lives, that we can become conduits of heaven, not, not uh, damn walls being built, but, but uh, an open causeway, just the, the flow that comes from the throne of God, that flow that comes from the heart of God in us and through us. And so, I've entitled the message today, Hunger, Hunger and Thirst, Hunger and Thirst. You know, I want to see a move of God. I want to see a move of God. I want to see a move of God in my own life. I want to see a move of God in my body. I want to see a move of God in my family. I want to see a move of God in this region. I want to see a move of God so mighty in this place. You know, I, I still every, every week, multiple times, driving up and down the main drag here of Morrowfield Road, I just get excited. I, I met with Kinesi this week in Zarafa's Cafe before her shift, and, and I just got all stirred up and excited again. And I said, you know, one day when 166 Morrowfield Road is the youth center and the master's building is the church of Jesus Christ on the street of Morrowfield, I'm like, come on, God, I know you can do it and I want it and I want to see you. I want to see that. I want to see a move of God. I want to see the church being the place where people flock to Monday to Sunday, a place where they know that's where I am going to go because I know that's where my life can change. And just hearing testimony after testimony after testimony of the goodness of God. I want to see a move of God. 
I want to see it sweep across this suburb. I want to see it sweep across this region. I want to see it sweep across our nation. Come on, God is in control, amen? We serve a God who knows what He's doing. He is a good God. He is the ultimate supreme. He's the King. He's the Lord. He's the boss. He knows what He's up to. He is not caught off God. He is not surprised. And He can do all that we want to see and more. You know, I can dream a dream, but I know that God can see way more than that. I know that there is a move of God coming to this region. There is a move of God coming to this region. We are going to see our families one to God. We are going to see the region here. We are going to see people working it out on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, that God is the answer. They're going to, they, their family is going to be telling you, you've got to come to church. You've got to come and meet Jesus. You've got to see what He has done in my life. We need a move of God, church. We need a move of God. And that's why we need to hunger and thirst. Jesus said this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That word shall is a legal term. It literally translates must. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they must be satisfied. It is a promise of God. There's two promises in this. We're going to go through it today together. But I love the Beatitudes. It's what Jesus chose to begin his sermon with, the great sermon on the mount. The sermon that he preached, his uh, sermon, his debut sermon, his sermon where he, he hit, the, hit the slopes and uh, preached the word, an anointed one, one with authority. We're like, who is this guy? Who is this 30-year-old something up there on the mountain preaching as if he is the rabbi of rabbis? And they flocked to him in the thousands and thousands. And he began his sermon with the Beatitudes. And I love that. He didn't wait till the end to, to show us the rewards of living life the way he wants us to live. He started, he said, this is what you get. This is the blessings that you're going to get. And then he proceeded after his prelude, after his introduction to go through the way to live life, the way that he wants us to live life, the new covenant, the new way to live. I love it. It's the foundation. Blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What are you hungering after? What are you thirsting after? That's what it begs the question. What are you desiring? What is the focus of the desperation in your life? What do you want to see more of? What are you not satisfied with? What status quo are you in right now? Are you, and are you surrendering to it? Or are you going to make a decision today? I'm not satisfied with the status quo. I want to see something change in my family. I want to see something shift in my mindset. I want to see something happen in my world. You know, these, these blessings... Uh, they actually sum up the covenant between you and I and God, the blessed life, the blessed life that we get to live. Jesus came not to just to purchase the blessings for us by his death, but also to proclaim and to declare blessings over us. These are his words. He spoke them, spoke them over us. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. For righteousness. 
they will be satisfied. Do you want to be satisfied? There's another time that Jesus used that language. It was when he told us about the, the, the difference between the enemy of our souls and the lover of our souls. To the thief, he said, well, he's a robber. He's a thief. He's, a, he's the one who steals. He's a murderer. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. Jesus said, I, I'm a life giver. And I want you to have it rich and satisfying. Are you satisfied? And if you're not, I want to encourage you. Hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst for righteousness and you will. You must be satisfied. Think. What causes you to worry? Just think for a moment. What causes you to worry? Well, think about what are you pursuing? What is your pursuit? Where is your pursuit of happiness? Where is your pursuit of life? What, what consumes your thinking? What consumes your thought processes? What consumes your, your time and your talents? Have a think about that. What causes you to worry? What causes you to worry? You know, when, uh, when we were, uh, just before we were about to be delivered by the stork to our parents, because um, we all know mums and dads just peck each other, that's all, nothing else. It's a little kiss on the cheek, good night. This is as far as it goes. And uh, the stork comes along and drops us off. And uh, just before he does, God walks along, pokes us in the belly, you're done, you're done. 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 You got a belly button, you're done. Amen. Come on, God said it is done. It is finished. That is a good piece of creation right there. It is done. You know what? Behind that belly button, because that was originally the source of your life. It's how you grew. It's how you developed. But but where that went into was your belly. The inner part of your being, the part that we gotta constantly feed, the part that makes us hungry, yes, our belly, our stomach makes us hungry, you know, I, I joke around when I'm full after I've eaten way too much and uh, that I've got a second stomach for dessert, I don't know how I do it but I always find room for dessert, maybe I use another organ that I probably shouldn't be using for the dessert but there is always room for dessert, what you and I put into our physical body, we start to crave it, don't we? Start to desire it. We start to get a taste for it. Think about something you really like. Think about something you would like to have for lunch today. Think about something that once you start, you just can't stop. Think about something that is good, like whatever it is for you, I don't know. Might be a piece of pumpkin, roasted pumpkin. A bit of olive oil, a bit of salt, a bit of pepper, a bit of crunchy skin. Could be that crackle on the fourth day. I don't know. It could be spinach leaves and Maryland feta. I don't know. <laughs> could be apple pie and ice cream, vanilla ice cream. It could be angelic juice, coffee. Who knows? Whatever it could be. Once you, once you taste, you desire it. You want more of it. Now, I'm going to question God when I get to heaven. Why does the stuff that tastes bad, why is it so good for us? Why is the stuff that tastes unbelievable so bad for us? You ever thought about that? I feel like we've been stitched up. 
It's the greatest stitch up of all time. It's like, I actually, it, I, it makes me desire heaven all the more. Because it says we're going to eat a wedding feast. And it says we'll never be hungry and thirsty. And I just, that sounds good to me. Like feasting with Jesus and all the crazy cool cats that are in heaven. And just never getting full. I mean, that is a good day. I mean, you can have dessert. A life group this week, we started with dessert and we finished with dinner. It was fantastic. It was a great time. It was wonderful. That's right. Great time. Great Wednesday night at the fun pad. What you, what you taste, you grow a desire for it. If you, start to, if you start to eat like a Hungry Jack's burger, a Bacon Deluxe, or a Whopper Junior with no onion pickles or tomato, all the good parts of your vana. I don't know. 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 I asked for extra pickles on my burger. Once you get a taste for it, you want more of it. And you start to crave it. You start to desire it. You start to think about it. I mean, you, you might not have eaten for a couple of hours and you're like, I'm starving. Have you ever been like that? And you're not starving. You're not going to die. It's been three hours since your last day. But you are starving. I mean, half of the congregation right now is probably starving. Like, Thanks, Pastor Joe. Thanks a lot. I skipped breakfast to make it to church on time this morning, and now you're preaching food to me, and it's not even the pre-cafe time yet. It's unbelievable. A little piece of bread and juice got to tie me over. Isn't it true, though, what you taste, you start to desire. You start to crave it. The Bible says to taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste of His presence, you desire it. But how quickly, my friends, how quickly when you leave His presence, we forget how good it is. Just how loved we are. When we get into those moments in the prayer meetings, we start to fire up and tell our flesh to submit and our spirit to be stirred and we start to believe for the impossible. We start to dream the dreams again and, and then 30 minutes later we're driving home and someone cuts us off or the fuel tank light comes on and we're like, $2.09, I rebuke you, devil. And It's amazing, isn't it? You come out of the presence of God and you forget about how good it was and sometimes we can go on so long before we get back into the presence of God and then we're like God help me to not forget how dumb can I be and still breathe it's like this is good man I tell myself all the time hey I get into this time of worship and I spend hours in his presence and I'm like this is so good and then I get depressed during the week about something going wrong and this part not going right and come on why can't the toilet be finished by the way it's finished now go use it What we taste, we grow a desire for it. Build it to, we build it in and I want to encourage you to develop in your life a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. To hunger and thirst after the things of God, the ways of God. Because can I promise you, you will be satisfied. Jesus said they must be satisfied. Is what you want what God wants for you? You know, hunger and thirst, they are appetites that reoccur. You satisfy the hunger, you satisfy the thirst, you get hungry again, and you get thirsty again. 
Hunger desires sustenance to sustain you. When you're in a moment of hunger, you're suffering want. Thirst, thirst desires refreshment. Thirst desires refreshment. When you're thirsting, you are suffering weariness. There's a need for daily supplication. Give us this day our daily bread. Hunger and thirst daily for righteousness, for you will be satisfied. Hunger and thirst makes us work, doesn't it? You ever been so hungry, you're just like, I will eat anything right now. You ever been like that? You're so hungry. It's like, I will eat absolutely anything just to quench my hunger. That's a hunger. That's a bit of desperation. You know, our flesh desires the things of this world, the lust of the eye, the passions of the flesh. It's our flesh that produces temptation. Temptation comes from our own desires. The Bible says in James 1, temptation comes from our own desires, the desires of our flesh. That's where temptation comes from. It doesn't come from God, it doesn't come from the enemy. It comes from our own desires, the desires of the flesh. The desires of the Spirit come from God. When we desire them, God rewards that desire. You will be rewarded when you desire after the things of God. Can I tell you this morning, only God can fulfill that hole in your soul. Only God can quench what you are thirsting after. Only God can satisfy what you are hungering, what you are craving for. The truth, the reality of what you really want to see in your life, only God can satisfy it. Nothing else can fully satisfy what you really desire. You can look anywhere else, but you will not find it. Jesus revealed to the woman at the well that only He is able to give the water that will cause us to never thirst again. The happiness of heaven is what satisfies our soul. Until we receive the fullness of our reward, I want to encourage you, church, to continue to hunger and to thirst. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. It is a blessing simply to hunger and thirst. Before the reward, he then told us, there's a reward coming. You will be satisfied. It is coming. But even if it takes till we are entering into the life eternal gift that God has won for you and I to give back to us that that freedom to live forever, that blessing to live forever, even if we have to wait for that to be fully satisfied, it is a blessing simply within itself to hunger and to thirst. When you're hungering, you're spending time in His presence. When you're you're thirsting, you're chasing after the things of God, after the spiritual blessings of God. It is a blessing simply to hunger and to thirst. But I can promise you, you will be satisfied. The promises of God are truth. They are not a lie. And I'll encourage you this morning, you won't have to just wait until you get to eternal life. The blessing of pursuing godliness, of righteousness, says it will be rewarded on this time as well. To desire God simply within itself is a blessing. To desire the things of God within itself is a blessing. To just simply spend time with Him is a blessing. Righteousness. 
the right way to live, the just way of life. Mercy and grace and favor, truth. It's a gift from God. It's made possible by God. It's the best way to live. It is to know him and to follow him. I want to jump into a, a moment in Jesus' ministry uh, time when he was uh, coming towards Jericho and leaving Jericho on his way uh, toward Jerusalem and uh, coming into the, the moment where he's going to start to do some incredible things in Jerusalem and this is getting on in his ministry time and it's the, it's the story of blind Bartimaeus receiving his sight. And I want to read it and just pull some things out of it this morning. Mark chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. It says, And they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man, cheer up, they said, come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Church, if what you are enduring is not right, then do not settle. It is not your lot in life. Abundance is your status quo. Blind Bartimaeus, as we know him, couldn't see. He's also a beggar because he couldn't, he couldn't work, couldn't look after himself. Seated at the side of a busy road, positioned himself, to receive provision, positioned himself so that he was able to just get by, to have just enough in life. But he heard of Jesus coming by. In that moment, Bartimaeus had a choice. He could choose to think that, well, this is my lot in life. This is clearly what God wants for me. Or he could choose to quieten those thoughts within his mind and to, to reach out to the one who is able to do a work in his life that he needs him to do. Bartimaeus came, comes up another opposition, comes up against the crowd. It's a busy crowd, there's a lot of noise. Bartimaeus had a decision to make. Do I make myself a little bit uncomfortable? Do I step out of my moment here right now? Do I make everyone look at me? Do I, do I get a little bit desperate? Son of David! Have mercy on me. Comes up against another moment of opposition where 
now the crowd and the business is not just noise or ambient noise. It's not just the bustle and the hustle of what's going on. Now the crowd is in direct opposition to him, direct opposition to what he needs, direct opposition to his miracle moment. They yell at him, be quiet. They yell at him, hey, be quiet, let the master pass by. Hey, be quiet, you're just a beggar. Hey, be quiet, come on, that's your lot in life. Hey, hey, be quiet, that's who you are. What does is, what is Barnabas do? He cries out all the more louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Church, how willing are you going to get? How desperate are you going to get to see a shift? inside your life, to see something happen in your family, to see the abundant life that God said would be yours, that He came to give you and to give you abundant life. How desperate are you going to get to see the enemy rebuked in your life? How desperate are you going to get to see breakthrough in your family? How desperate are you going to get? Will you be willing to be someone like Bartimaeus? to push through no matter the cost. When you're hungry, you're willing to go the extra mile. You're willing to get uncomfortable. When you're hungry, you're willing to give up perceptions perceptions and defy intimidations. He was desperate enough to push back. Bartimaeus is hungry for change, hungry for freedom, hungry for a miracle. Hungry and thirsty to see God heal him. Bartimaeus knew that Jesus was his answer. He was willing to do whatever it would take to get it. He was blind. It restricted him. What's restricting you? Discern what is restricting you today, stunting your growth. Discern what is holding you back. Discern what is not in alignment with the Word of God in your life and ask God, to reveal it to you. God, what is in me that should not be in me? What mindset have I allowed to become a stronghold in my world? What status quo have I, have I allowed myself to settle for that is not the status quo of my life that you came to give me? Let it start to stir you up. Come on, there is nothing that your Jesus cannot handle, amen? See, the enemy wants us to accept what we have. The enemy wants us to think that it's from God. The enemy lies. The lies that come from the pit of hell. The enemy wants us to live with it, to be comfortable with it, to think that I can survive with it. This physical ailment, this addiction, this learned behavior, this developed mindset in my life. Can I encourage you this morning? Do not accept what the enemy is trying to cause you to accept. If it is not abundant life, if it is not life and rich and satisfying, life, then it is not from God and it is not your status quo and you do not have to submit to it. Amen? Come on, Jesus hung on that cross for you and I, for freedom. We don't have to listen to the enemy. Did Satan die on the cross for you and me? No. It's time to get a little bit hangry at Satan. You with me? It's time to get a little bit hangry. Hungry and anger, if you didn't know what that means. Hangry about what's going on in our life. It's time to get a little bit spiritually hangry. Satan does not deserve our life. He has done nothing to deserve you and I. He does not deserve us to submit to the lies. He did not hang himself on the cross. 
the very opposite. He tried to pin our Savior to the cross. How good is it that Jesus conquered it all? He paid the price. He is victorious. He crushed him in that moment. Amen? You do not have to submit to what the enemy says. The Bible gives us a key. James 4, 7 gives us a key on how to deal with this. To humble ourselves. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Humble yourself. Submit to God. Then resist the devil. And your promise is that he will flee from you. He will flee from you. James 4, 7. Humble yourself. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. It's a process. It's a key. It's a key to freedom. Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus implemented it, and so can you. Just begin with humbling yourself. Decide, I'm going to come to God. I'm going to come before God. I'm going to come into the presence of God. I'm going to recognize that God is the one who is able, more than able. Contrary, He is more than able to do what you need Him to do. Humble ourselves and come into His presence. Elevate God above it all. Then it says to submit to Him, bow the knee, surrender your life. Surrender the moment. Surrender the circumstance. Recognize that you have an authority that you can come to. And then resist the devil. It's action. It's a verb. Resist him. Resist the devil. Actively resist the enemy of your soul. Take your shield. Take your sword. Put it into practice. Because the promise is that he will flee from you. Let's get angry. Amen? Let's get hangry. Let's get hungry, spiritually hungry. Hungry and desperate. If you allow yourself to think that it is God's fault, then you are removing the ability within yourself to believe in and trust in the very one who is more than able to free you from that very issue. If you think that God wants what you are going through that is not from him, it will lessen your faith and trust in him who is the one to bring you through it. God is good. Every perfect and pleasing thing comes from God. God cannot be evil. He cannot do evil. He cannot tempt. Only good comes from God. So if it is not good, then it is not from God. If it is not good, then God does not want it for your life. And He is the way of escape. He is the way out of what situation you are in. He is your answer. He always has been and He always will be. When the idea became popular, then they jumped on board, didn't they? When Jesus wanted it. They're like, oh, cheer up, Bartimaeus. Jesus, it's calling your name, bro. Cheer up. Jesus just, he just called out for you. Come on over. Jesus, here he is. I'll get him for you. One minute they're yelling at him in opposition. Hey, be quiet. It's the master by. Next minute, hey, come on. Jesus, I found him. Here he is. I brought him over to you. Come on, let's not jump on board with the things of God when it's just popular. Let's not just be desperate 
when everyone else is being desperate. Let's not just put ourselves out there when everyone else is putting themselves out there. Come on, hunger and thirst for righteousness. You will be satisfied. And no one else is. When there seems to be no point, let me encourage you, choose Jesus. Choose Jesus here publicly on Sunday morning. Choose Him privately on Monday night. Choose Jesus. Even when it seems like God isn't even there, let me encourage you to choose Jesus because He is there. He is moving. He is working. He is not done. He is not finished. He will come through for you. He has chosen you. He loves you, church. He made sure that you are you. You are the only you. He loves you. And He wants you. What does Jesus want for us? There's the voice of the crowd, the peer pressure. There's the inside voice, the unspoken words. There's the voice of those who are close to Jesus, the disciples, maybe someone important to you. There's the voice of the enemy reminding you of your sin and your weakness. You don't deserve it. No, you don't, but Jesus says you do. Jesus had to defend his mind for the temptation to not go to the cross. Joshua had to defend his mind from the temptation of not thinking that he could ask God to cause the sun to stand still. Ruth had to quiet her thoughts that she wouldn't be loved, that she wouldn't be accepted. Come on, it's not a sin to be tempted. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted in every way and never sinned. It's not wrong to be tempted. Just got to get hungry. Need to believe for more. What do you want to see? What do you want to see for your life? What do you want to see for your family? What difference do you want to see happening around you to bring glory to the Father, to be the light to the world, to attract those around you? If I get the band to come back up, please. The answer is Jesus, church. My last verse for today is John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus said to the people, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is the only way to find satisfaction and contentment in life. Through relationship and through faith, you will never be hungry and thirsty again. Taste and see this morning that the Lord is good. Church, He is for you. He's not against you. He loves you. He has a plan for you, for your life. There is purpose over you. There is a reason. There is rhythm. There is harmony for you and I. When we access the gifts of God, when we access the spiritual blessings, you can never thirst again. You can never hunger again, what God has for you is more than enough. Desire the things of God and you will be satisfied.